God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, Biden just keeps on making an idiot out of himself. So it's kind of interesting uh, to see the latest uh, on Joe Biden. But, you know, when Ronald Reagan was 77... He quoted a famous quote, I guess. It's, I, I, I've never really heard it before myself, but apparently it's a pretty famous quote. And uh, the quote is about the Coast Guard and nucleus and the Navy. And let's just listen to the way uh, Reagan put it back in, in the day when Reagan was, you know, he was 77 years old. Let's listen. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. So the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus to which the Navy forms in time of war. All right, that's what Reagan said when he was 77 years old as President of the United States. Let's take a listen again. And then let's listen to the way Biden put it. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. So that hard nucleus that the Navy forms in time of war. Nucleus is the center, the nucleus, right? The nucleus is center. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. Lots of applause. Made a lot of sense. And then Joe Biden tries to do the same quote, same age, 78. And he can't seem to pull it off. And then he's wondering why he doesn't get any applause. Let's take a listen. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about 
how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. <laughs> and then he proceeds the insult, the crowd, right? So he does, he botches the, the line, really. And then he proceeds to insult the Coast Guard grads at their, now the Coast Guard's taken a hit from Biden and then he's taken a hit, they've taken a hit from Obama. Obama said that the existential threat as is as is the Department of Defense Secretary, the military uh, secretary, of the, you know, the Secretary of Defense, is basically saying the same thing. It's an existential threat. We listened to that clip yesterday. And climate is our worst enemy. So COVID, we couldn't see COVID, right? Where, where, can you put your hand on COVID? Can you go out and just grab it like you can a fly? No, it's not tangible. Everything is sort of like smoke and mirrors, right? By the same people that brought you the Russian hoax, you're supposed to somehow, you're supposed to believe everything they're telling you. They lied to you about the Russian hoax. They cheated you on your election. They lied about a perfect call to Ukraine. They tried to impeach a president. They made something more out of January 6th's rally than than ever should have ever been made, and it's another hoax. The same people that are telling you to wear masks and then take their mask off right after the camera shuts off. These fools, these liars, these deceitful people aren't even trying anymore to camouflage or conceal or hide their deception, their game-playing, their corruption, they're not even bothering to even try anymore because the fix is in and they know it. They can look at you and they can tell you to go fly a kite and watch me watch me go to the bank. And that's exactly what they're doing. Ocasio-Cortez is now in the top 1%, still acting a fool. She was only elected three years ago or something. Maybe, uh, yeah. She was only she's only had one re-election. It's two years term. Yeah, 2018. And she's rich overnight. So let's take a listen to the Quip Pro Joe botching the sentence and then insulting the Coast Guard at their commencement. I can because only, they wouldn't I, applaud I can, him. I can only because they don't like him. That's what it is, too. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. See, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war is a botched sentence. It's the nucleus that the Navy forms in times of war, not around the Navy. The nucleus is can never be around anything. It's the nucleus. So he completely botches the sentence. People don't even know what he's saying. Unlike Reagan, who articulately got the quote right. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? 
I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but, but being here together, I can hold. Wow. Not, not ready for prime time. That guy did not get 81 million votes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Who's the person who just wrote in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Faye, right? <laughs> Someone who writes in shares a lot of information. She says, Biden is not fit to be president. He's a moron. Sent from her Yahoo mail on Android. All right. Well, you know, we get people that write. You know, if you email um, feedback at uh, redstatetalkradio.com or or Scott at scottadamshow.com. I, I get a copy of this stuff on my phone sometimes. You know, it alerts me on it as a text. And that's kind of cool. So uh, the emails you can write to are feedback at redstatetalkradio.com or uh, scott at scottadamshow.com. We have a lot of different email addresses. I could give you probably 10 others, I, you know, but th- that's the ones I have that are pretty easy to remember. Um, anyway, it kind of makes you sick, isn't it? kind of makes you sick that this moron can sit there with a straight face. Maybe his face is just always straight because of the plastic surgery. I don't know. But to sit there with a straight face and just lie to you. I mean, you just know the guy didn't get 81 million votes. I look, I look, I purposely, I look at all the different ratings and different, you know, matrix. And, you know, it's one thing about a fake poll and you can never prove it. You know, you can never prove these polls are fake. And you're like, I know that poll's fake. I know that's not what people are thinking. But then again, you know, you run across some of your liberal friends and you're like, no, there are several morons out there that believe a certain way. I love it when I debate a moron, or I mean, I, I should say I made a mistake there. I love it when I debate a Democrat, and they try to tell you that they get their source information from a different source than somebody else got theirs, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, so what are you doing? Making excuses before you even engage in the debate? Or I spend more time on the subject than they do? So then why not just listen? You know, and I love it when people who are left want to somehow change, you know, they want to prove that I'm wrong rather than just listen to my adaptation. You know, that's the thing. There are several people that are complaining. You know, there's this woman out there. She, she kind of is a left-wing nut job. She kind of hates a lot of people. And basically... Cassandra Seven, this woman, you know, she's pretty pretty big follower, follow base. She's a radical libtard. And she says, seems to me the uh, word is spread that it's not illegal to ask someone if they're if they've been vaccinated, but some people will continue to say it is just to try to intimidate others instead of just saying they're not vaccinated. Cowards. Basically, what she's saying is that she's trying to say that we're trying to intimidate people for asking whether we... No, 
We're not, I, I, I'm not concerned about someone asking me a question. I'm concerned about them mandating a law. In the wake of all the mandates and guidances, these guidances weren't guidances after all, were they? These guidances made it impossible for me to actually walk into the gym or walk into a restaurant or walk into anywhere without a mask. And even now that the mandates have dropped, there are still many restaurants or establishments. I went grocery shopping yesterday. Had to wear a mask. I don't, I don't appreciate that. You know, when, it, when is it going to be that, you know, these private companies stop with the, the, the adherence to the guidances. You know, like I said, there's a little bit of truth to that humor in the Babylon Bee, where it's a satire piece, like The Onion. And they were basically putting a bink, binky in the person's mouth and saying, if you're a liberal, you might have to, you know, go on the uh, pacifier uh, for a little while. What's the difference between the pacifier at this point and a mask? So why not just, you know, start making masks that have an imprint of a pacifier and sell them to libtards? They'll buy them. I'm sure they will. Because it's exactly the kind of comfort that you get from sucking your thumb or carrying around your little blue blanket. They're a bunch of babies and wusses. And they're spoiled, rotten little, you know, scoundrels that want to tell us how we should live our lives. It's getting really old. I responded to Cassandra 7 and I said, wear your mask, take your vax and keep your distance. So what? It's not just do your do your thing. You do your thing and I'll do my thing. No one is saying it's illegal to ask so long as you agree that it's illegal to ignore the question. Admit it. Vaccines are progressives' 21st century segregation. Last century, the Democrats had Governor George Wallace stand in front of a doorway and block two black girls from integrating into a school. And they saw it that way. Just like the Mayor Lightfoot, the radical liberal mayor of Chicago, says she's only going to actually speak with black journalists. Is it because the black journalists have sold out and they, they have uh, in, engaged in seg- segregation themselves? Like Black Lives Matter was advocating for safe spaces to separate from society? Like Black Lives Matter leaders would say, if you're a person of, uh, if you're, uh, if you want to march in our Black Lives Matter march where we chant pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon to the police, if you want to r- walk in our line and you're not a person, you're not black, stand in the back of the line. Sort of like Rosa Parks rode in the back of the bus. So they're basically turnabouts, fair play, two wrongs make it right. Any numb nut knows that that's not the case. Any moron knows two wrongs don't make it right. It's not some sort of algebra equation where double negatives become a positive. Jeez. I mean, it's insane to think 
that we are in the 21st century can be led by ignoramuses like Marxists that run Black Lives Matter, that run cities like Chicago and act like they're victims, and then say, we're only going to be talking with journalists of color. That is such backward thinking. That's what race, critical race theory is all about. That's what all of these different things are. And the liberals eat it up. Some of the smartest people I know happen to be liberal. And they, I don't know what they're thinking. They're like, yeah, give me some of that. I want to chow down on that. And they got themselves a Biden who can't even speak in complete sentences and insults our Coast Guard. Meanwhile, he's shutting down pipelines, and despite the fact that everybody agrees that the pipeline's the cleanest way to distribute energy, fossil fuels, oil, gas, refineries, it's the best way. Certainly isn't Warren Buffett's trains. No. It's not the trucks. It's the pipelines. And these pipelines have proven to be safe. How do they get away with an argument like somehow we're worried about the environment, we're going to shut down the pipeline? How in the world, where's the science on that? They're all about science. It's ridiculous. And here we are, losing the argument. How do we lose that argument? How in the world do we lose it? Because it's not about the truth. It's about power. It's about power. And it's about how to get that power. It's about money and influence and control. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. That's how you get to the place of a society that's failing. When you have a banana republic when you have these sham elections, when you have, when you look at the two candidates and you look at Donald Trump selling out, you know, like the biggest crowds in the history of crowds, breaking Elton John's records everywhere he goes. And a, a hip group like the Rolling Stones has the nerve to say, you can't play our music. What? Look at your history. Stop, check, man. Weren't you part of that hippie generation, Rolling Stone? You're just a Rolling Stone. You're just loosey-goosey. You're just easygoing. All of a sudden, Trump comes along to make America great again and to hold people accountable and to engage in bilateral trade deals instead of this Bono-esque globalism. And they have a problem with it. Is it because of, of, of they don't know right and wrong? No, it's not because of that. They've made a deal or two themselves. They, and they're billionaires themselves. They're rich, elite, aristocratic. I think one of them's made a duke, Mick. No, they're part of the establishment elite. And they've allowed themselves, just like Cat Stevens, became Yusuf Islam and completely betrayed everything he stood for in the 60s. 
when he pulled out a fatwa for Simon Rushdie because Simon Rushdie wrote, wrote a book that was not too friendly against the, uh, the Muhammad. So next thing you know, they put a fatwa on his head. And Cat Stevens, Yusuf Islam, was asked the question, do you support the fatwa? And he's like, yes, because then he made all kinds of excuses as to why it is that this man should be silenced and put to death for his point of view. Yet that's not what they were standing for when they were wearing their bell-bottom pants and long, freaky hair up in Woodstock. So it's hypocrisy on steroids. And here we got this crummy leader, this guy. It's been in Washington for 50 years who can't speak in complete sentences, whose face looks like a piece of plastic, who's completely out of touch and lies to the American people every chance they get. More and more proof has come out about that electric truck. That electric truck, lightning, started on a lie. Next thing you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing all these lightning ads, the F-150 lightning. It was a coordinated effort with the private industry. Now, this whole thing about Colonial Pipeline, they were asked, they were told, we're being asked to pay $5 million. Guess what? They paid $90 million in Bitcoin. And everybody knows it. And they're calling them hackers. Why are they calling them hackers? They're calling them hackers because they don't want to call them terrorists. Why? Because you don't pay terrorists. Oh, but you can pay hackers. Can you tell me the difference between a hacker and a terrorist? Can you? Can you tell me the difference between a terrorist that actually blows up a missile that engage in an electromagnetic pulse that shuts down our energy across the country? And a pipeline hacker that shuts down the energy along the eastern seaboard? Can you tell me what is the difference between a hacker and a terrorist? Yet the official policy from the government is that's a private matter, that's a private industry, that's a private sector. There, you got to go and ask them what they're going to do. Meanwhile, the FBI said, you know, don't pay terrorists. Don't pay hackers. Don't pay ransom. You'll just get more ransom hackers and terrorists. Simple. I hear the Russian hackers. What's interesting about that whole dynamic is maybe threefold. I didn't do the count in my head, but it's going to be multiple choice here. It's going to be, A, private sector, a black eye for private energy. A black eye for private energy means what? It means that maybe Joe Biden's going to look for a way to confiscate energy so that Hunter can get even more rich off of kickbacks and palm palm greasing. They certainly have the experience for it. Burisma was connected with Poroshenko's government. Okay, now listen. It gets interesting because oh, I got to turn my phone off, right? So it gets interesting. And the way it gets interesting is 
One, it's a black eye for private industry, private privatization of energy. Two, it shows the vulnerability with the pipeline. Three, it basically is a way, a mechanism to actually turn off the faucet of fossil fuels at the same time that you're promoting electric vehicles. But what they don't tell you is the electricity of the batteries comes from these precious metals that China has. So the next thing you know, China is going to be the chief benefactor of these batteries. Manufacture them in sweatshops with 12-year-olds working 18-hour days. And the world's going to love it. Because there's inequities in the world in terms of oil. There's conglomerates and there's monopolies. Now, everybody knows that Ukraine, there's lots of evidence with the Bidens and Ukraine. Hunter on the board of Burisma. And Hunter was on the board of Burisma, and so was Kofor Black, and which was Mitt Romney's boy. And, and, and other people were on this board. Why were they put on the board? Why was Hunter Biden put on that board to make $80,000 a month? Why, was he do- Why did they do that? They did it because he was the bouncer. He was the bodyguard. He doesn't look like a bouncer or a bodyguard. He looks like a crack addict. No, in fact, he is a crack addict and a sex addict. We know that, that the president's son is all those things. But why was he on the board? He was on the board because he was the protector. He was the one that got Victor Shokin fired. He was the one that protected Burisma. Burisma needed some muscle, and they got it. They got it, and they were able to do these shady deals with Burisma, and they were working their way into Ukraine because Ukraine was actually giving away their natural gas at one point to their their people. And their people were basically heating their homes almost virtually for, for nothing. The government was just giving it to them. It was a perk part of the socialist government. But they wanted to actually get more money out of the gas. And Burisma was right there to do the contracts. And they wanted to make these changes. And they wanted to strong arm Poroshenko into greenlighting this. And Poroshenko was like, well, what do I get out of it? And they worked out a deal. But you had to fire the chief investigator, Victor Shokin. And then when... Trump had that call with uh, Zelensky, basically, and congratulations from winning your election. And by the way, you should look into CrowdStrike, the data company that confiscated the DNC server in the wake of the Seth Rich murder. <laughs> and then there's that. And then there's the Fusion GPS Russian hoax. And then there's that. And then Mueller special counsel witch hunt, which was that, where Mueller didn't even know who Fusion GPS was. And there was that. Because he was a moron, he didn't do an investigation. It was all it was the uh, 
you know, uh, Weissman show, right? In any case, all of that was going on. And they were working these deals out and covering things up. But the reason why they were on the board to be muscle is no different than the reason why Paul Ryan is on the board of Fox News for muscle. Why? To cover up or to advance election fraud? To uh, rig polls? Everybody knew Fox News' polls were the worst. Everybody knew that Fox News was the chief villain on election night 2020, calling Virginia one minute after the polls closed when that race wasn't able to be decided truthfully until all night, and there was fraud in Virginia. And then they called Arizona too soon, and that impacted Nevada. And they were doing that kind of crap, spinning the narrative because they already knew that the fix was in. They already knew that there was going to be a lot of shenanigans happening overnight. That wasn't by, you know, they knew. They knew that there was going to be a spike in the count in different states at, at night. They knew. And in fact, in what they're talking about in Arizona, Maricopa actually called in later than normal. Because they were the only county with the rigged machines. They were the only county in Arizona with the Dominion machines. And they called in late because they were waiting on numbers from around the state to figure out what they needed to do. How many votes? So, you know, you did hear about the fact that the uh, we played this yesterday on the uh, on the uh, show. And that was that uh, they found that folder, that data. But they don't, they don't know what the integrity is. They don't know how it's going to fit in the database. So we don't really know exactly. It's not out, we're not out of the woods yet. They have the data. They should be able to put the pieces together. But I, I talked to you about these boards because I'm not just talking about Paul Ryan and Fox News and the election rigging that he was involved with. And he hates Trump. But I'm also talking about Valerie Jarrett. Remember Rick Grinnell? We talked about it yesterday. Said Susan Rice is part of the shadow government. Everybody sort of agrees that what Barack Hussein Obama said on videotape, which was, I would rather work behind the scenes and have a third term and uh, than, than be in the spotlight. Well, he's got that through Susan Rice, who has all the dirt and the goods and the leverage on Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the most corrupt politician who has the most leverage against him. So he is the most insured, you know, corrupt official that could ever, ever win a presidency. And how did he do it? He did it by rigging. Because the will of the people, Trump had won over the will of the people. Trump had won over the middle class. Trump was building back the middle class. Trump was, and I've always said, and it's a, it's a fact, that you cannot have socialism if you have a strong, working, vibrant, independent thinking 
middle class. Because it's that class of people where they actually care about policy that affects their bottom line. Because that's the family household that's on a budget. Bill Gates isn't on a budget. Steve Jobs wasn't on a budget. His wife, it turns out, I only say Steve Jobs, not because he's a long-distant memory, but because his widow is the next George Soros. We're going to get to that later. So I bring that up for a reason. But Valerie Jarrett is on the, on the board of Lyft. You know Uber and Lyft? Valerie Jarrett is on that board. Now, why is that important? Because almost every driver that I have is from Africa or from somewhere else, like from some developing nation. Almost every driver I have is from a developing nation. And I take Lyft and Uber all the time. The point that I'm making there is I have done this study every single time I get into a car. I see the guy's name. I say, oh, where is that from? And I always get to the point where like, I've heard on multiple occasions these UN programs where they've taken lottery systems and refugees from Africa and put them on a plane and gave them a stipend like a like you know, paid 18 months of rent and helped them get a job. What if it's the case that someone like Valerie Jarrett is a conduit to that displacement, that, that, not displacement, migration and work displacement? You know, basically it's not just enough to get the refugee from Africa to Washington, D.C., to have the, it's it's you have to give them a job, so Valerie Jarrett has set up a mechanism as part of the board, like an outreach, to make sure that they're getting these refugees. They're working out a relationship with the United Nations. So who thought that like Lyft and Uber would be sitting down with the United Nations, figuring out how to get all these people jobs that actually can help them supplement their lives and make a living for themselves as their rent is being paid for through a, a billions of dollar uh, account at the UN. Remember, one of the last expenditures that Obama had before he left office was I think he gave something like $9.6 billion dollars to the United Nations. It's not just about the blue helmets and it's not just about, you know, the black tie affairs and all the speeches they give and all the meetings. That's one thing. But they have in that big building of theirs and all those different shelves, all those different offices, all those different departments, they have so many other things going on. They have these programs And it's all about globalism and it's all about population manipulation. As I had said, you know, sometimes globalists can start a conflict, an uprising in Syria that causes a whole bunch of fighting age males to get into a caravan and go to Germany or go to Europe. Get put up in a big building, tear the building to pieces from what I've heard, but they put up these new condos, put these people in them, 
give them Lyft and Uber jobs, right? And help them get on their feet while they stipend, supplement their, 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 their lives with free lodging, possibly a welfare food stamp program, right? And some other stuff to help them get situated. And that's how they turn a fighting age male that had a Russian-made AK-47 and convert them into a livery driver serving the aristocrats. And they're all too happy to do it. It turns men into mice. Sort of like that matador that walks into the arena after they've already bludgeoned the bull to death. And the matador sits there and acts like he's like some sort of brave warrior when the bull can't even see straight. And they act like they're heroes in killing the bull. It's spineless behavior. Or you open up the borders. You open up the borders and you allow these people to come through these caravans. And again, you're looking at them and you're like, those are fighting age men. Is it an invasion? No, it's just basically taking anybody who could defend their land and getting them over here. Could be less sinister than that. It could be those are the people, they they go there, they set up, then they go and call for their family and bring them in. Could be that too, in all, all honesty. But it could be both. It's not generally just one. But... It's a way for globalists to look at the world as if they own it, as if it's their world, not your world. And they don't care whether they take a whole bunch of people from the, from the Africa and move them into your neighborhood in Akron, Ohio, and destroy your neighborhood. You think they can't do it? Okay. Well, remember when it was... Uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, and she was in the Twin Cities, St. Paul and Minneapolis. And uh, Minneapolis was a pretty nice town at one point. Now it's little Somalia. It's one of these crazy little things where, you know, uh, you have a, uh, you have a, uh, a police incident with a guy on fentanyl, and it ends up going in a wrong way for lots of reasons. And next thing you know, you get a bunch of Marxists, black people with a chip on their shoulder and and very organized, funding for Act Blue at the same time that they're burning down police precincts and beating people to death in the streets. All in the name of a former porn star that was high, high on fentanyl that was wrongfully put to death by a corrupt cop who used to work with said porn star, George Floyd. So, I mean, you know, it's one of these things where there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. There's no way that Chauvin was guilty of second-degree murder or third-degree murder. Second-degree manslaughter is what he was guilty of. He definitely did some things wrong. There's no doubt about it. But to what degree? 
I want to actually switch some gears too and not spend too much time on one just one thing. But all of these things wrestle into each, each other because when we talk about these strategic board placements, we're talking about uh, co- coordination with globalists to help facilitate a whole bunch of various things. But there's a lot of other things that are also happening. Number one, we have Biden continuing to make a fool out of himself. That's one. And there's this uh, story. It says, welcome to the dark side. Why the Biden administration will not define the pipeline attack as terrorism. And we were talking about that. Why is it? Why is it they're calling them hackers and not terrorists? And in, and in part, it's because of their push for electric cars It's a whole bunch of things. Jonathan Turley wrote on this and he says, cyber terrorism works and the success of this attack is not going to lead to a unilateral ceasefire from cyber gangs. So after the ransom was widely reported as having been paid and gas began to flow again, President Biden gave a no comment when asked if he was aware of the payment. It was a curious response since the media apparently knew that it would have been paid. The company certainly knew, and most importantly, the dark side group knew. Yet, that was the hacker group. Yet, the White House wanted to portray itself as a pure observer to a private decision on how to handle hackers. The reason is obvious Colonial just paid a ransom to terrorists. Moreover, gas pipelines are not just a private company, but a highly regulated industry that closely follows the government's directions. The fact is that most of Washington wanted the company to pay off the terrorists because our East Coast was rapidly melting down over shortages. While the New York Times bizarrely issued and later quietly deleted a statement that the attack had not led to a gas station lines or higher prices, they lied. Other news stories were filled with images of long lines, fights at pumps, and cascading shortages. The White House narrative has been to treat this as a type of cost of doing business for Colonial. The problem is that it is not some nuisance cost, but a terrorist demand for payment. While definitions vary, Darkside meets key elements of terrorist groups. And for those of us who have long opposed expansive definitions of terrorism, there remains a danger of converting everything from extortion to identifying theft in terrorism. Once you acknowledge that Darkseid is a terrorist organization, however, it is harder for the White House to shrug and dismiss this <clears throat> as merely a private sector decision. So what the Biden administration seems to fear most is public recognition that it is afraid, afraid of the vulnerability of our infrastructure, afraid that the public will learn what cyber terrorism uh, and cyber terrorists already know. So we need to call the dark side what it is, a terrorist organization. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Antifa is a terrorist organization. What concerns me, though, the most is how, at the same time, 
the Biden administration throws a green light to desanctioning and allowing the North Stream uh, pipeline, the, uh, the, the, the pipeline coming from Russia all the way down into Europe, when the European Parliament actually voted against it. But this pipeline is going to be like heroin for Europeans. It's going to lower gas prices over there. And they need it. And maybe that's what COVID was all about. Maybe, you know, crippling the economy will, will, will force people to make decisions that they otherwise would not have made if they didn't need to. And it does seem like Russia and China fared okay out of all this. But this pipeline is something that Trump would have never supported. And the pipeline, you got to wonder if Vladimir Putin didn't just fax over a photograph of Joe Biden and Hunter doing something stupid. And they're like, sure, I'll sign off on that. No problem. Meanwhile, you got other dirt on Biden that says, you know what, you're going to support Hamas and not Israel. You know, basically Israel told Biden where to go and said, you're not going to tell us how we could defend ourselves. The problem is that they might need more Iron Dome missile shields and support and assets that they want to buy. And guess what? Biden may not sell it to them. Blood on Biden's hands if he does that. There's no doubt about that. So we want to. I want to get to uh, another issue, and that is the issue. Um, there still is a lot of legal wrangling in Antrim County in Michigan. The Arizona audit's taking a break uh, for these commencements, um, but it's going in the right direction. Wisconsin and Georgia remain to be seen. I have a lot of um, different quotes and tweets that have come in I want to refer to. But I also want to say this. I want to read the names of the 35 GOP members that voted for the January 6th commission. The ones in bold also voted for impeachment. Okay. So Don Bacon from Nebraska, Cliff Benz from Oregon, These are all Republicans. Stephanie Bice from Oklahoma. Liz Cheney did both impeachment and supports this January 6th commission. John Curtis from Utah. Rodney Davis from Illinois. Brian Fitzpatrick from PA. Jeff Fortenberry from Nebraska. What's going on in Nebraska? Andrew Gabarino. From New York, Carlos Jimenez from Florida, Anthony Gonzalez did both impeachment and this from Ohio, Anthony Gonzalez, Michael Guest from Mississippi, Jamie Herrera Butler from Washington, French Hill from Arkansas, uh, from Alaska, Trey Hollingsworth from Indiana, Chris Jacobs from New York, Dustin Johnson from South Dakota. And then you got your old Adam Kinzinger. He did both impeachment and voted for the January 6th. John Katko from New York did both. Republican did both. Turned a blind eye to due process. 
David Joyce from Ohio, David McKinley from West Virginia, Peter Meyer from Michigan, Marionette Miller Meeks from Iowa, Blake Moore from Utah, Dan Newhouse from Washington, Dan Newhouse from Washington. Okay, Tom Reed, uh, he did both, and Peter Meyer from Michigan did both. Dan Newhouse did both from Washington. Tom Rice did both from South Carolina, believe it or not. Tom Reed from New York. Maria Alvira. Salazar from Florida. Mike Simpson from Idaho. And then two more that did both. Impeachment and this. January 6th commission. Fred Upton from Michigan. David Valladolid from California. And then rounding up the bottom of the list, Steve Womack from Arkansas, Chris Smith from New Jersey, Van Taylor from Texas, and Tony Gonzalez from Texas. These are people that support the January 6th. And so we're posting them. It's part of what we do at Matt. The whole reason, people ask, what is the what is the purpose behind what is the purpose behind MAGAPAC.org. What is the purpose behind MAGAPAC.org or BugleCall.org, our two organizations that roll up into one? What is it? And I tell them our slogan is America First, supporting America First policies to make America great again. It's very simple. It's a simple concept. That means you got to support due process. We we cannot be a banana republic. Anybody that would support, anybody that would listen to Donald Trump's speech and blame Donald Trump, anybody that refuses to ask questions about who shot Ashley Babbitt, anybody that actually is not demanding that all the tape be released to show the truth, about what they call an insurrection, which is a complete and total hoax. I know too many people personally that were at that event. And I know exactly what went down there. And it wasn't what's being widely reported. Now, The Last Refuge came up with this list. Here are 35 House GOP representatives who voted to support Nancy Pelosi. Use this poster as needed. And I posted it. Of course, this is going to be front and center. Everybody on this list that supports Pelosi, that supports January 6th, that support uh, commission, and that voted for impeachment are on our crap list. And it's pretty much the same people. Fitzpatrick and Kennedy and Kinzinger. These people hate Trump. You know what kills me, though? I was looking, reading George Bush, George W. Bush, and he was talking about, uh, you know, how dangerous Iran is and, you know, and, and what Hamas is doing is terrible and, you know, we must support Israel. There's only one president that did it. There's only one president. It was George W. Bush that made all kinds of doofus mistakes and camera ops, and made a mockery and a fool of himself. It wasn't Donald Trump. Donald Trump did the right thing. He says, the tyrant in the Middle East is Iran. 
Now, I know many Iranians that are really nice people. But it's Iran's leadership, not their people, that are saying death to Israel, death to America, and supporting terrorism. And we need to put a stop to that. So I want to go and I want to, um, well, you know, it's just basically, so why not support Trump? Because Trump was the guy that was getting it done. They just don't. So, you know, there's a lot of different tweets, and I'm going to try to get to as many as I can in the short time that we have. Cat Turd writes, vote out every weak, weakling, spineless, worthless, backstabbing, coward Republican in the GOP. I say amen to that. Rising Serpent says, has any politician, Democrat or Republican, explained why we can't know the identity of Ashley Babbitt's murder, murderer? The Bradford File writes, the January 6th commission in the, in the new Russian collusion and just as dumb. The January 6th commission is the new Russian collusion. Tim Swain writes, every lawmaker on the House floor demanding to find out the truth about January 6th is lying about the death of Officer Sicknick. Unforgivable. Emerald Robinson writes, if COVID accidentally leaked from the Wuhan lab, then why did China demand that international flights continue to fly out out of China during the pandemic? Why did they buy up all the PPE worldwide? Why did they stop scientists from tracing the origins of the virus? Good questions. Also, since everyone now accepts the COVID Wuhan leak theory as fact, and nobody can deny Fauci's role in funding the Wuhan lab, let me be the first to ask the obvious question. Why does everyone say the leak was an accident? (laughs) It wasn't, folks. You know, it just wasn't. And, um... Emerald Robinson writes, Bill Gates claiming that his long friendship with pedophile Jeffrey Epstein was just an attempt to win the Nobel Prize, Peace Prize is the dumbest excuse ever attempted by a human being in recorded history. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more great quotes. We're going to probably get to more of them tomorrow. Uh, Leonora will be with us tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org, scottadamshow.com for our podcast and also check out redstatetalkradio.com and with that my name is scott adams we'll see you next time on the radio bye-bye now i'm from a small town in tennessee a long way from the suits in dc but close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there